Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You, and uh, it's good to be back in, in the States. Uh, just returned from two weeks in um, the UK, and I was at Oxford University, and I was invited back to a Jewish think tank called ISGAP. It's the Institute for the Study of Global Anti-Semitism and Policy. I was invited last summer to present a paper uh, on the growing anti-Semitism uh, in the United States, and I was invited back this year uh, to present a paper. So don't think it's something glamorous. It's, you're, you're staying in a, a dorm room that's probably around 400 years old, and it's, uh, it's an amazing place. And Oxford University is actually made up of 49 different colleges, and each college is surrounded by a, a, a wall, and inside there's uh, chapel and dorm rooms and classrooms. It's pretty amazing. Oxford University is a thousand years old, and so our our uh, organization ISGAP met at uh, Pembroke College, which I believe is the law school of, of Oxford University. Interestingly, uh, George Whitfield, uh, the Anglican. Uh, minister that uh, started Methodism, he was a student in 1732 at Pembroke College at Oxford. I always think, wow, I'm staying in this little dorm room. I'm on the sixth floor. There's no elevator and there's a little fireplace. And uh, you look out uh, the window over Christ Church. And I always wonder, I wonder if George Whitfield stayed and dormed in this in this room. So uh, it was an amazing experience. There's people from all over the world, uh, New Zealand, uh, New Delhi, in India, Uzbekistan, New York City, Tel Aviv, Israel, uh, scholars from all over the world. And, and what they're doing in this think tank is trying to address the issue of growing anti-Semitism within the academy. That, that means uh, anti-Semitism is exploding on, on our college campuses nationwide. And we heard from speakers like David Harris, who was the CEO of the American Jewish Committee for 40 years, very articulate man. He, he spoke for an hour without notes on his love for Israel and why Israel has to exist. And his parents uh, and his family, uh, many of his family members died in the Holocaust, but he said in his, his talk, if Israel would have existed, there would have been a place for Jewish people to flee. Um, amazing, amazing uh, story. And then we heard from Yossi Shane, who's a professor at Tel Aviv University. He served on the Israeli Knesset. Uh, he gave two lectures about the growing anti-Semitism globally. Uh, we heard from Natan Sharansky. You may remember that name. Natan Sharansky was a journalist in the Soviet Union back in the 1980s, and uh, he was appealing to the Soviet government to allow the Jewish people, one million Jewish people, that wanted to immigrate to, to Israel. And the Soviet Union said, no, you can't go. And these Jewish uh, uh, Soviets, they were called the Refuseniks. They were refused passage to Israel. So Natan Sharansky protested. 
He was a writer, and he protested against the government, and of course, they threw him into the gulag, where he nearly starved to death for nine years, and it was Ronald Reagan, when he became president, Natan Sharansky's wife appealed to uh, Reagan, and Reagan uh, worked to get Sharansky released from prison. He went back to Israel and became the vice president of the state of Israel. So incredible man who loves the state of Israel, you know, can give a historic view of, of why Israel needs to exist. Uh, we also had at the conference, uh, you know, professor scholars, again, from all over the world. And uh, we had a forensic accountant from Tel Aviv. He spoke last year. Uh, I got close to him last year. Very, very uh, wonderful Jewish uh, man. And he's done forensic accounting on universities in America. And I won't mention the universities, but it, it just blows my mind that this is happening. You wonder why um, Islam, radical Islam is spreading like wildfire. And the Muslim Brotherhood is taking control of many of our colleges and universities in the United States. And you have to follow the money trail, which this forensic accountant has done. One of our major universities in the United States in the last couple of years have, have received from the Muslim Brotherhood via different um, radical Islamic countries. Uh, this one university has received 18 billion, that's billion with a B, 18 billion dollars poured into this university. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the money that they have found. And there's probably, uh, there's probably more uh, finances that have been poured into that particular university that he hasn't found yet. So this is indicative of many of the, the universities in the United States. They're receiving uh, funds from the Muslim Brotherhood to tamp down on uh, Jewish students and not to allow there to be any Jewish voice on these campuses that you know want to push back against growing anti-Semitism. So the end of the conference, I mean, it's pretty intense. You start at, I flew into Heathrow Airport on Sunday morning, took a bus out to Oxford. It's about an hour and a half trip. And um, we began at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon a couple of weeks ago and went to about nine or 10 o'clock. And then Monday morning, we started at eight and we go to about 7 p.m. every night, five days. You get the weekend off, which I just rested, and you start again on Monday morning, Monday through Friday. So it was a, it was a two-week conference, very, very intense, tons of information. And what I learned is that there's a tidal wave of hatred that is growing uh, by leaps and bounds against Jewish people. Uh, one lady we heard, a woman, was, her name is Juliette Bukabza. She's the wife of David Harris, the gentleman I mentioned who's the CEO of American Jewish Committee. She, was, she and her family, seven siblings, they lived in Libya. And in 1967, in, uh, when, when Israel took a hold of Jerusalem for the first time in you know, 2,500 years, I think it is, her family was driven out of Libya. Many Jews in, in Arab nations left as refugees with the clothes on their back. And uh, they, her family became refugees in, in, uh, in Italy. So Juliet, she speaks five different languages. And when David was speaking, he said, you know, my wife, you want to talk about profiles and courage. Uh, my wife is very courageous, Juliet. 
and they were in London not long ago. And in, in London, England, there's a, an area, some of you have been there before, it's called the Speaker's Corner. And you can go there on a Sunday afternoon, there's a platform, there's a microphone, and one by one, different speakers get up and you can say anything you want. It's free speech and proclaim whatever you want. So he says, I was there in my, with my family. We were hearing philosophers and teachers and you know poets uh, talking about whatever they wanted to talk about. And, the, and a man gets up, he's Arabic, and he starts railing on the Jewish people. And he said, David said, I was there with my, my wife, Juliet, our children, our grandchildren, and suddenly we looked around, and where did uh, Bubby, Bubby is the uh, Jewish, Yiddish word for grandmother, where did Bubby go? And suddenly they look, and his, the grandmother, Juliet, is walking up the stairs of the platform, uh, walks over to the man screaming out hatred towards the Jews, and she gives him a piece of her mind in perfect Arabic. And when she left the platform to walk down to her family, there was a a tall, young, uh, German young man that was standing there, and he said to her, blank the Jews, and basically, you know, um, a superlative, a, a nasty uh, word that he shared, blank the Jews. And um, so that's kind of how it goes globally right now. There's, there's a hatred. And I'll read you some of, the, some of the quotes that came from the conference and here's, here's some of them. In every generation, I, I wrote these down in my notes, and when I returned home, I, I typed them out. In every generation, the Jews are mugged, and that's true. Words and ideas created the hol Holocaust coupled with reactionary social forces. Anti-Semitism is inherently genocidal, and that's true. There's, there's a genocidal component to the hatred of Jews. The origin of hatred of Jews... This is my favorite one, by the way. The origin of hatred of Jews is the hatred of the origin of Jews. Let me say it again. The origin of the hatred of Jews is the hatred of the origin of Jews. And what the anti-Semite despises is that the Jewish people are God's chosen people, and they have a history. It goes all the way back to, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they despise the origin of the Jews. So the origin of hatred of the Jews is the hatred of the origin of the Jews. The word Shoah, you've heard that before, which describes the Holocaust. It means an unforeseen catastrophe, and it was used as early as 1933 in Palestine by religious Jews to describe Nazi tyranny against the Jews of Germany. Here's another one. No written order has ever been found for the final solution. Ordinary men organized and carried out the genocide as they saw fit. I, I never knew that. I thought there was orders that came from, you know, the hierarchy of the, the Nazi regime, but they've never found a written order for the final solution. It was just, um, you know, men, lower-ranking men that just carried out the final solution, the gassing and the murder of Jews as, as they saw as they saw fit. We can never forget that, that those who created the final solution, most of them were PhDs, three of them were medical doctors, and all of them were baptized Christians, which is remarkable. Here's another one. For capitalists, Jews were communists, and for communists, Jews were capitalists. What is anti-Semitism? Hating Jews more than necessary. Pedagogy doesn't work to educate someone out of an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. Help them to see the historical continuities of anti-Semitism 
and allow them to draw their own conclusions. And I'll add to that a quote from Mark Twain, who said, it's easier to fool a man than to convince him that he has been fooled. And there is a growing anti-Semitism within even Christianity and evangelicalism today, where the the far-right evangelical right, they're blaming all the problems in America on Jews. And it's very difficult to convince them otherwise, to, to help them see the historical connections that this has all happened before from generation to generation. Jews have been mugged and Jews have been blamed for all the problems of the world. Uh, here's another one. Steal a little and they put you in jail. Steal a lot and they make you king. Isn't that true? Uh, anti-Semitism coming from the left is like a slow-moving tropical storm. Anti-Semitism coming from the right is like a hurricane. And its most destructive form of anti-Semitism is anti-Semitism that comes from the right. And this is true of the evangelical progressive left and the Christian nationalist uh, progressive right. The evangelical progressive left, they're opposed to the state of Israel. They're opposed to Zionism. They have issues with Judaism. And however, on the evangel- it's like a slow-moving tropical storm. But right now, the evangelical cons- um, far right is becoming very nationalistic. Their rhetoric is becoming very hateful and violent towards the Jewish people. And I follow this every day of my life. And I can tell you that um, my concern has always been the evangelical progressive left that's, that's replacement theology, supersessionistic, triumphalism. In other words, the church has triumphed over the Jew. The church has replaced the Jew. And so I've always thought that's the main danger. But in the last three years, uh, the evangelical uh, right is moving quickly into Christian nationalism which is posing a great threat uh, to Jewish existence. Here's another uh, quote. Anti-Semitism hates the eternal Jew. Another one. Hitler likened the Jews to invisible wire pullers. He did not necessarily believe that all Jews were evil, but rather that all evil came from Jews. For the anti-Semite, the evil contagion is Judaism. And every Jew, whether religious or not, will test positive for Judaism. That's why the anti-Semite must remove the contagion of the Jews. Uh, the Holocaust was a war against the very memory of Jews. And these are all, in my estimation, very true quotes. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about what I saw in England, which was empty churches all through the land. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Hi, I'm Aaron Free, President of Israel Team Advocates. And there's an alarming decline today in the support of Israel among U.S. evangelical millennials ages 18 to 29. A May 2021 survey administered by the Barna Group shows that between 2018 and 2021, favorable support for Israel has been cut in half from 75% to 35% among evangelical millennials in the United States. If this trend continues, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel in just a few short years. And remember that young Christians today will be the leaders of tomorrow. Israel team recently conducted interviews with students at a major evangelical university concerning their understanding of the Holocaust. The answers were troubling. 
To the first question, what was the Holocaust? Half of the students did not know. To the second question, who was Adolf Hitler? Again, only half of the students had knowledge enough to connect him to the Jewish genocide. In the remaining questions, we found a surprising, breathtaking, really, lack of historical understanding of the murder of six million Jews during the Holocaust. This example is indicative of a much larger problem. The study of the Holocaust is not prioritized in Christian primary, secondary, and higher education. And there's so much more that we can do. You can help Israel Team today by going to israelteam.org and clicking the donate button and your tax-deductible gift today will help us in pushing back against this growing narrative of anti-Israelism within the evangelical millennial community. So go to israelteam.org and stand with us today. We're building a bridge for the coming generation, and it's so important that we build that bridge. So help us today at israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. And I'm talking about my experience the last two weeks at Oxford University attending ISGAP, the Institute for the Study of Global Anti-Semitism and Policy, a wonderful organization that is trying to push back against the trend of growing anti-Semitism on college campuses. And that's been, you know, my mission the last several years with Israel Team Advocates is we're working on Christian college campuses to push back against the growing narrative of anti-Zionism, anti-Judaism, and anti-Semitism. And so the majority of leaders that I meet in the world, and again, I was with probably 40 or 50 scholars from all over the world uh, over a two-week period, most of them were Jews fighting anti-Semitism to protect their Jewish brothers and sisters globally. And I was only w- one of two Christian speakers at this event. One is Dr. Diane Martin from Wheaton College, and uh, I've made several presentations in Diane's classes up at Wheaton uh, where she teaches Holocaust studies. And so she and her husband, Tom, were there at the conference, wonderful, uh, godly uh, Christian people. So we were only uh, two out of a major group of of people speaking out against anti-Semitism, two Christians. And I I find that that's basically how it is. And during the the Holocaust, the number of Christians that stood up to protect the Jews— 000.1% of the European population. That's the the population that was under Nazi occupation, including Germany. People like Corey Ten Boom that stood up and protected Jews. So there was 30,000 righteous of the nations that are honored at Yad Vashem. And many of you have been to Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, the Holocaust Memorial Museum. So they identify at Yad Vashem 30,000 righteous of the nations. Those are Christian people that stood up and did something to, to help the Jews. Uh, pastor Martin Niemöller was a pastor in Germany uh, during the Holocaust. He fled because he was protesting the Nazis. And after the war, he said Christianity uh, is much more to blame than the SS or the Nazis 
he said, it, it, because we did nothing to help the Jewish people, it's our hands that are stained with blood, the Christian church. And he, he gave the famous quote, first they came for the, the communists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a communist. They came for the Jews, I didn't speak out because I wasn't a Jew. They came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a trade unionist. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out. And so Christianity within Germany, both Catholic and Protestant, they were indifferent. And what's the number of indifference? Zero, zero, zero point one percent of the population. And that's sort of true today, that, that we, we go on our merry way. We don't really pay much attention to what is happening uh, within, within uh, Christianity and the rise of anti-Semitism. And what I saw in in uh, Europe when I was there was a lot of empty, empty churches, uh, church buildings that had become pubs or restaurants or, or discos. You walk by, oh, there's a, you know, a beautiful church. And, and then you, all of a sudden you look up and you see a sign and you look in and there's people drinking and dancing. They become pubs and, and disco restaurants. And so Christianity is shrinking in the, the Western world and there's no sign the decline will stop. In the U.S., a September 2022 Pew Research Center study found that in the next 50 years, Christianity may dip to as low as 35% of the U.S. population, a drop from 64% in 2022 and 91% in 1976. The Presbyterian Church, for example, between 2000 and 2015 declined by 40% and closed 15.4% of its churches. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, reported in 2021 that it had lost 1 million members since 1971, and conservative evangelical denominations now represent only 14% of the U.S. population, down from 23% in 2006. So there's this decline going on, and I, I just wonder, is it perhaps because we've walked away from the rudiments of our faith, the, the Jewish roots of our faith, we've rejected them. And we don't see ourselves as brothers and sisters of elder Jewish brothers and sisters who, who founded this faith. And remember that the New Testament was written by Jews. And the Hebraic roots of the New Testament are phenomenal. But we've walked away in, in many circles. We've walked away from that. And we don't see ourselves in the face of the other. We don't see ourselves uh, as neighbors of our Jewish friends. And someone once said, you become truly human when you can see yourself in the face of the other. And so I believe that's true. Can I love the Jewish people as fellow human beings? And it's difficult because after 2,000 years of anti-Semitism, and Christian teaching like deicide that uh, the church, that, that uh, the Jews killed Jesus. Uh, actually, the Catholic Church in uh, Nostro Aetate, back in, in the Vatican too, they said, you know what, we've taught this false doctrine for years and years, and we're, we're moving away from that. But it's still ingrained within the Christian conscience. But the Jews did not crucify Jesus. The Romans did. So if you want to blame someone, blame the Italians. Um, I think that's probably one of the greatest deflections of guilt 
in the history of the world. Catholicism for 2,000 years has, has blamed the church for something the Italians did. The Romans did it. They, they crucified Jesus on a Roman cross. The, the nails were, were, that were driven into his hands were driven by Roman soldiers. It was Pilate, a ruthless uh, Roman governor that passed down judgment against Jesus. So we, we blame the Jews because at that time they, the, they said, let his blood be upon us and our children and our children's children. So uh, we proclaim that this curse has been on the Jews for generations and generations. But that was a small group of politically aligned Judeans and it's interesting to look up the, the word Judean, the Gospel of John, which is mentioned 67 times, and we mistranslate that word as Jews. Uh, you know, the Jews said, let his blood be upon us and our children, but the word there is actually uh, Judean. And um, in Greek, I think it's Laodeo, uh, Judean. And so that small group of, of uh people that were connected to Herod, they were even despised by the Galileans. The Galileans didn't like the Judeans because they felt like they had sold out to the Roman Empire. And so it was this small group of, of, uh, of uh, leaders in Jerusalem that were politically aligned with Rome that wanted Jesus removed. So are we going to say that for 2,000 years there's been a curse on the Jewish people from generation to generation for something that uh, a small group did? And again, it wasn't Jews that crucified Jesus. It was the Romans. So it's difficult after 2,000 years to shed uh, doctrines like that that have been taught for so long, doctrines like the blood libel, which is being proclaimed today. Uh, there's people on the evangelical right within the Christian nationalist movement that are saying today that it's a QAnon theory, conspiracy theory, that um, Jewish elite individuals from Hollywood are trafficking young children and draining their blood so that Jews can drink the uh, blood, they're, they're turning this blood into a chemical called adrenochrome. And you say, Aaron, you're nuts, you're crazy, we've never heard this before. Just look it up. In, um, uh, it's the, just in the last couple of weeks, Forbes magazine ran a story about the blood libel anti-Semitic theory of the Christian nationalist. Uh, the Washington Post ran a story. Uh, TMZ ran a story. Uh, the Tablet Magazine ran a story on this whole new blood libel conspiracy theory being fomented today by many on the far Christian right that are proclaiming that uh, it's, it's a QAnon conspiracy theory that Jews are stealing children to drain their blood so that they can inject themselves with adrenochrome to live longer. So it's, it's difficult when we have so many of these doctrines that speak out against the Jews, it's difficult to shed those things. So I pray that we can do that. I pray that we can see ourselves in the face of the other, that we can love our neighbor as ourselves, that we can stand with the Jewish people in these dark days of growing anti-Semitism, both on the evangelical left and on the evangelical right. Uh, we, can, we can see above it. We can ask questions. What is really going on here? Because I think until we return, 
to our love for the Jewish people, the chosen people, I think we're going to continue to see decline within our, our churches across the world. So we'll see you next time on Israel and You. Thanks for being with me.